This passage is an interesting passage because you have the famous John the Baptist who is questioning Jesus Christ. Now remember, John the Baptist is the one that was born with the intent and purpose of preparing the way for Jesus. John the Baptist uh, was six months older than Jesus Christ, who physically speaking was a cousin. John the Baptist's mother and Jesus' mother Mary were, were related and John the Baptist, even in the womb of his mother, was thrilled as a baby when he came into the presence of Jesus in the womb of his mother. John the Baptist is born with this purpose and mission, and John the Baptist makes the very famous statement, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And John the Baptist famously baptized Jesus Christ. And now John the Baptist is in prison. He's put in prison, and he asks this question of his disciples. Here's what he says. Think about the, 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 just the, the, the audacity you think for him to ask this question. He says, he says, art thou he that should come? You've already declared it, that he's the one that's coming. Or should we look for it? Or do we look for another? Or do we look for another? John the Baptist is called by Jesus Christ the second greatest born of woman except for Jesus himself. So I take this passage to really encourage me because... Jesus is allowing us to see that even someone as super spiritual and so close to God as John the Baptist, even he struggled and had some doubts. But let's dissect why. Why would John the Baptist have some struggles? And here's why. Well, the Bible makes it very clear. Where was he when he asked this question? He's in prison. And sometimes in life, we will begin to get frustrated at God because we think we should be in a better situation. Don't miss this now. According to our perspective not according to God's perspective. I love the sign for better. You have good, better, good, better. Better is an upward motion. It means this is, a, this is good, this is at a level that's good, but better is an improvement of it. It's an improvement of it. There's an upward motion. You move to the thumbs up. Better. If you're left-handed, you can do that way. Better. And that, it's a beautiful sign. Better means simply is defined in modern-day dictionaries as superior. Uh, it, it means of superior quality or excellence. It means to be morally superior, more virtuous, larger, or greater. I mean, when we think about Simple things like this, most of us can agree that we like to have a better car, a better job. Some of us need a better haircut. Uh, I'm just saying that out loud. Um, sometimes we say we want a better house. And don't miss this now. There's a lot of Christians even and preachers, televangelists, that will portray a better way that is not necessarily agreeing with the Word of God. So Jesus doesn't try to explain himself away. He doesn't try to justify the fact that John's in prison. All Jesus does is say, let me tell you, here's what's happening. He says, go tell John, <coughs> go and show John again these things which ye do here and see the blind receive their sight. That's better. The lame walk. That's better. The lepers are cleansed. That's better. And the deaf hear. That's better. And then this one's definitely better. The dead are raised up. Now, if you're dead one minute and you're alive the next, you're definitely in a better situation. Can I get an amen right there? Now, I don't know if everybody around them is better. I, I saw, I heard about a, a, an international funeral recently where they accidentally buried the wrong person. I don't even know how you do that. And the person they buried was, was asleep for a while. And in the middle of the funeral, he sat up and all the people were shocked because, first of all, he wasn't dead. That's the first shocker. Secondly, it was the wrong person. So everybody came to the wrong person's funeral. I don't know how who, somebody got fired that day. I promise you that. And, uh, but, but when you think about it, they were dead. And then this one I love, the poor 
have the gospel preached to them. Isn't it interesting that he says the poor? So many times we read that verse and we immediately think that they're poor financially speaking. But the fact of the matter is if we don't have the gospel today, we are all in a poor situation. So I want to preach briefly today. I preached on the subject of the principle of better. The principle of better. God in the Bible has a better way. He has a better plan. He has a better idea. He has a better desire for you and for me. However, sometimes his better conflicts with our definition of better. John the Baptist is probably wondering why he's in prison when he was supposed to be the one. He's the man. He's the one that baptized Jesus. John the Baptist's life has taken a turn, and many of you that know your Bibles know that John the Baptist is going to end up being executed because of his stand for God. John the Baptist, though, didn't realize that he's about to be in a much better place because of his stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to take your Bibles just by way of detour, and we'll come back to the New Testament. Go to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, verse 20. Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 20. And I'm going to pull it all together and show you what is the key to the better principle, the principle of better. You see, man-made religion today will tell you of a better way. And man-made religion has good philosophies. Much of man-made religion is moral. Much of man-made religion has good virtue and good values. But here's the problem with man-made religion. They always work from the outside in. But when God's way is done, when God's word is, is fulfilled, God then begins to work things from the inside out, and it is a, always a better way. In Daniel chapter 1, verse number 20, Daniel tells them to, to change their diet. And, and in all matters of the king inquired, is my mic going out? I, I feel like I'm... Okay, sorry about that. Um, and all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them, look at this, ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were all his realm. Can I just say today, when it's all said and done, no matter what the world sees us as or how we define the way things should be, when somebody is falling and living and striving to walk in the paths of God, they will automatically have a better way. It's just better. I like better. I think the word better is a good word. I don't know anybody that downplays the word better. We don't like to criticize the word better. And so I want to encourage you today on number one, first of all, the principle of better. Notice this. Number one, I want you to notice this. You can come as you are. You can come as you are. Robbie just sang that song beautifully. Just as I am. That's the way Jesus is. He wants anybody to come to him just as you are. And he proves it to us in that passage. They came blind, but they left better. They came lame, but they left better. They came leopard, but they left better. They came deaf, but they left better. They came dead, and they were left. They definitely left better. And the poor, they heard the gospel preach them, and things were better. You see, here's when it's all said and done, something that we need to grasp and begin to understand, that the key to better in the Bible is simply the presence of God. You see, so many times we think better is all about the P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, presence or gifts or blessings of God. Don't misunderstand me. He gives us those all the time too, and I like them. But the fact of the matter is we really should be more excited about the P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, presence of God, because that is the avenue of better. So many people in America today think that ultimately the better way is to have more money in your bank account, to have a lots of money, and, and I'm not against that. I, I, I thank God for that. I, I tell God all the time I volunteer uh, here I am, I send me, I'm willing to be a millionaire. How many say amen to that? I mean, I have no problem. I won't be offended at all if God abundantly blesses me. He's blessed me. Don't misunderstand me. But listen to me. Some of the saddest people on the planet are people that have money, so much money they can't spend it. Just because you have money doesn't mean you're in the better way. 
Just because you have a fancy house does not mean you're in the better way. The principle of better. We have missions to do. We come in this week, and I love when missionaries come because I feel like the big challenge is this, hey, let's get better. You know, we have a volleyball team and a basketball team here in this church, and, and my daughter and my son have played. My daughters and sons have played in different sports. And listen, here's what I, I believe as a dad. When my, when, I'm, when my kid joins a program, the coach's job is to make him a better player. And if that means they got to yell at them and that means they got to get in their face, they got to make them run, it's not my business. I'm not coaching them right now. And I know there's, there's lines you can cross. I get all that. But the fact of the matter is it's funny how we're okay with a teacher wanting our kids to be better, a coach wanting our kids to be better, a doctor wanting us to be better, a dentist wanting us to be better. But then we come to church sometimes and we preach the better way and all of a sudden people say, well, no, now you're getting into judgmental terms. No, 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 we're not. Jesus wants you to be better. You see, Jesus loves you so much to take you as you are, but he loves you so much not to leave us that way. He wants us to get better. You see, the word change is thrown around loosely today. Man, we need to change in Christianity. I've learned God's not a big fan of the word change in the Bible. He tells you not to meddle with people that are given to change. And here's a, here's, here's a, here's a dynamic statement. You ready for this? I am the Lord God and I change not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's the problem. Too many people are trying to change God. Here's what needs to happen. God needs to change us. Too many people want God to do better in certain areas when we should let God help us to do better in certain areas. In other words, here's what God wants. He doesn't, he's not interested in change. He has growth. That's the biblical principle here today. God wants us to grow in grace. We are to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growth is a better way. Uh, our puppy this past week, some of you may have seen the video. We have a little puppy. He's, his mechanics aren't great right now. He's growing. And, and we were at my in-law's house the other day, and he jumped off one of my daughter's laps, and he didn't do his legs right, and he landed face first, face plant on the floor, on a hardwood floor. You say, did you feel bad for him? No, it was hilarious. This is the same dog that ate a Snickers bar before Christmas, and I had to get a stomach pump for $256. I'm still a little bitter about that. But that dog had a big face plant. He's not quite as agile yet. He's still developing his puppy legs, and we had a fun time with that. And they just happened to catch it on video, slow motion. He's jumping off, and the floor throat punches him. That's exactly what happened to the little puppy. But you know what? He's going to continue to get better. God wants Christians to get better. God wants Christians to grow and get better. And ultimately, getting better means being in the presence of Jesus Christ. So come as you are, the Bible says. They came blind, but they left better. They came lame, but they left better. They came leopard, but they left better. They came deaf, but they left better. They, somebody brought them dead, and they left better. And then when it's all said and done, man, thank God somebody preached the gospel to us because that definitely brought about the principle of better. Amen. So number one, you'll notice the principle of better. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Jesus doesn't want us to stay as you are. Number two, the principle of leaving better. Leaving better. We should desire to leave better. I want you to real quickly go with me to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. The Bible says in Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 35. I love this passage here. The Bible talks about in Mark chapter 7, verse 31. It was my dad's favorite passage because it's the story of Jesus Christ having a one-on-one -on -one reaction with, or interaction with a deaf man. And here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 7, verse number 31. It says, and again, departing from the, the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee throughout the midst of the coast of Decapolis, and they bring unto him one that, I love it, was deaf, past tense, was deaf. 
and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers into his ears. Did you see that, church? Jesus invented the wet willy. It's there in the Bible. It's right there. You see it with your own eyes right there. And he spit and touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven, he makes this simple statement, be open. So Jesus does several things here. First of all, he takes him aside from the multitude. This deaf man never protests. And Jesus does some very strange things. He takes him aside from the multitude. He puts his fingers into his ears. He spits upon him. And then he touches his tongue. All those things are a little bit awkward. All those things are different. All those things are sometimes what we would consider uncomfortable. I mean, I think it's weird for me to touch my own tongue, much less have somebody else touch my tongue, right? But Jesus, when he does things his way and we let him, we will leave better. He wants us to be in the realm of better. And every day we are getting better. The, the new man, the Christian man, the inside of us, the, renew, the new man is being renewed day by day. My flesh is not getting better. My flesh is breaking down. My flesh is slowly dying. It is in the process of breaking down. But thank God when I got saved and I got born again, the new man came in. I was spiritually made alive. And now that new man every day is getting better and better and better. And the more I read the Bible, the more closer I get to Jesus. And, and the more I pray and the more I praise and the more I begin to embrace him and yield to him and let him lead me. And by the way, my flesh gets in the way and I struggle all the time. But boy, it's amazing that when you allow Jesus Christ to be in your presence and you allow him to have that closeness with you it's amazing how better things get which means you may not have money but it's still better you might be in prison but it's still better because being with Jesus always makes it better now what is the goal the ultimate goal of the better what is it number one the principle better come as you are number two leave better number three here it is here's the goal of better right here's a statement people say all the time to be more like Jesus is that what, how many of you have been in church long enough times or heard somebody at least say that 10 times in your, in your Christian walk? We need to be like Jesus. Raise your hand if you've heard that statement before. That's one of the most popular cliched statements people say all the time. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. We need to be more like Jesus. Gandhi himself said, I like your Christ. I don't much like your Christians. Gandhi also said this. He said, if all the Christians were like Jesus, I would be a Christian and so would the rest of the world. It's not Jesus' fault that Gandhi said that. It's the Christian's fault. Well, why is that? Because we've been saying to be like Jesus, be like Jesus, be like Jesus, be like Jesus, be like Jesus. But can I ask you a question today? What does it mean to be like Jesus? How do you define that? How do you explain that statement? If someone sits down, if you were to say that, here's, here's some things that we all, all, always say right away. We need to love more. That's probably number one, right? We need to accept people from where they're at, right? How about this? We need to practice forgiveness. All those things are wonderful. Wonderful. I agree with those statements. How many, come on, help me now. How many think we need to be more like Jesus, right? How many think this world would be a better place if Christians were more like Jesus? I mean, if, if we were more like Jesus Christ, wow, more people would want to, to know this Jesus that we love and we talk about. But here's the problem today. When we make that statement, we don't understand that statement unless we bring into that statement the principle of better. Let me prove it to you. All right, I want you to look in John chapter 1 with me real quick. John chapter 1, a little bit of a Bible study today. John chapter 1, verse 14. Here's what the Bible says today. And then we're going to go to John chapter 8. I love John chapter 8. What an amazing chapter. John chapter 1, the principle of better. And I, I'm praying tonight we're going to have a, a little different service than normal. I think you all will like it. We're going to really challenge the, 
the Lord to help us get prepared for this week of Missions Jubilee. I'm going to speak with a real thick Romanian accent again to, to make sure you guys are ready to go. <laughs> Here we go. Look at this. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. We talked about this last week. And dwelt among us. Isn't that amazing? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth, dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. Watch this. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of, what's the next three words? What is the next three words? Ah, so see, we like to present the be more like Jesus on the grace side, but we forget about the true side. We only present one side of Jesus. You see, a quarter is not a quarter without a heads and a tail. You have to have two sides. Jesus Christ is the perfect balance of that. He was not half grace and half truth. He was full of grace and full of truth. Grace is, hey, you come as you are. Truth is, hey, we're not going to leave you that way. Grace is, I'll save anybody who will ask me to save them. Truth is, now let's grow together. Grace is, hey, anybody can come to the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Truth is, now live a resurrected life like the tomb teaches us three days later. That's a beautiful balance of presenting Jesus Christ. And here's why the world is so confused today. Because they are seeing a lopsided Jesus because they do not make that statement, be like Jesus with the principle of better. All right, let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. There's so much truth in it, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this slide. Everybody doing okay today? Some of y'all looking at me like I'm an Amish man in the Best Buy. You'll be okay, man. <laughs> John chapter 8, I love this passage here. And, and by the way, I could prove it to you with many other passages in the gospel from the Word of God about the principle of better here, but let's just read this one because it's so famous. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them, and the scribes and Pharisees, watch this now, besought him, or brought him unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, as that word set, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Aha, now we see a side of people that want to present God with all truth but no grace. See, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. I've been guilty of both in my ministry, in my life, in my, in my walk as a Christian. I've been in times in my life where I was all grace and not much truth. And there's been times it's all truth and not enough grace. But boy, if I could get to that principle of better and understand what Jesus is really teaching us and understanding that you can be full of grace and truth at the same time. You're full of grace and full of truth. You are full of mercy but full of holiness. Listen, can I, can I just say this today? It's 2024. God is still a holy God. It doesn't matter what society says today. God is a holy God. God is a sovereign, pure, righteous, holy God. And the Christianity today is portraying God not as, a, not, not as such. And that's dangerous. We cannot rob God of his identity because God told us who he is as I preached last week. And it's not my position, nor is it my job, to tell the world what I think God is without letting God tell them himself. God told us who he is. Jesus tells us who he is. And if I rob him of that right, I'm on dangerous ground. So here they come. Jesus. We caught this woman in the act. By the way, time out. Where's the man if they caught her in the act, right? You've heard me ask this many times. If she was caught in the very act, there's also a guilty man involved. But he's not there. Isn't that interesting? Well, Jesus knows that. Amen. Watch this. Verse number four. They say in the master, the woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law. Truth. Here it is. Truth. Truth. Commanding us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to, uh, 
to accuse him, they might have to, or they accused him, but Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground, watch this, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast the stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, look at verse number nine. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone. And watch this, the woman standing in the midst. I love verse 10 and 11. Here we go. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, by the way, by the way, when you are an unbalanced portrayal of Jesus Christ, you will begin to get uncomfortable in situations like this. You'd rather leave than stay and finish the situation out. When you're all truth and not grace, you're going to struggle because you're going to get frustrated and mad at people. When you're all grace and, all, and no truth, you're going to struggle too because you're going to realize, man, God's a God of grace, but wait a minute, there has to be some line, there has to be some kind of demarcation, there has to be some kind of something that denotes me as being different than the world. There has to be because Jesus brought a what? A better way. We cannot get away from that church. And we are living in a very strange day and age where Christianity is being redefined and many, the Bible, the Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, there'll be a great falling away. Great falling away before that day, the day of the rapture. People are even saying that great falling away is not happening. It is happening. And it's because of the false portrayal of Jesus Christ. You can't fall away from something after the rapture. There's nothing to fall away from. It is a pre-rapture doctrine. And he writes it to the church and he says, be careful not to fall away. Fall away from what? Don't worry about falling away from what. Don't fall away from who. John chapter 6, when Jesus feeds the multitudes and he starts preaching some controversy. And on that side, he's preaching some truth. All of a sudden, people left Jesus by the thousands. He had 5,000 plus people following him. And in one day, his church went from 5,000 to 12. You talk about a big church split. And then he turns to the disciples and says, well, you go away also. And I love what Peter says. To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. He didn't say to what? Christianity has become too much of a what and not enough of a who. If we say we are Christians, then we better represent the Christ of the Christian more. Come on, help me now. You can't say Christian without Christ in there. Right? So watch what Jesus does. Here's the perfect balance of Jesus Christ. Here he is. Here he is in the principle of better. And we can learn from that as we, as we study. Look at verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, look at this, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Didn't they already? They already kind of condemned. Watch what she says. She said, no man, Lord. Mm, this is so good right now. And Jesus said unto her. Here's what Jesus says to her. Look at this. Neither do I condemn thee. Is there a period at the end of that statement? No. There's a beautiful balance of grace. Neither do I condemn thee. Oh, what a savior. Randy, I'll save you. I'll save you. But hey, watch this now. I'm going to start bettering you. What does he say after that? Neither do I condemn thee. Then what does he say? Help me, church. Go and sin no more. That's the Jesus we need to be preaching and teaching today. Oh, we need to be more like Jesus. That's right. The complete Jesus. The complete package. The who Jesus really is. The balance of being. And by the way, I'm not here to tell you that you should. Man, bless God, you know, you got saved and you're, you're just a sinner. I'm a sinner too. I'm here to tell people that 
Jesus is making me better. He's been making me better for almost 30 years now. And I still fail and I still fall. And boy, I still weep. And sometimes I have to come back and say, I'm sorry. And I disappoint him a lot. And I break his heart sometimes. And I, and I transgress his word. And I, and I disappoint him. But boy, in that process, he still convicts me and says, Randy, get right. And the Holy Spirit, he's the convictor and the comforter. Beautiful balance. God is God and Father. Jesus is Lord and Savior. The beautiful balance there. And you begin to understand the principle of better. The principle of better. You see that balance several times in the Bible. The Bible tells fathers, bring up your children in the what? Nurture and what? Oh, what does that sound like? That sounds like the principle of better. You can't be all about nurturing those kids because then they'll be throwing fits in Walmart at four years old and holy terrors. But you can't be all admonition too because they'll wonder if the daddy really even loves them. There's a balance there. Why? Because that's the principle of better. Jennifer Mitchell coaches volleyball. Justin Helton coaches uh, basketball. I've coached football many times for the years. We see a kid out on a football field at our volleyball court and a basketball court. And here's the biggest thing coaches can relate to this. The biggest frustration we have as a coach, if I'm wrong, you guys can stand up and rebuke me. Here's, here's, here it is. When the kids don't play up to their potential. When you know they can be better, but they're not playing up to that potential. When I see that they could be better and they don't realize that that's frustrating as a coach. So now I have to learn how to teach them that with that proper balance. Sometimes I got to get up in their face. Sometimes I got to chew them out. Other times I need to pull them aside and put my arm around them and say, hey, you having a rough day? What's going on, man? That's the balance of being a Christian today. That's the principle of better. It's amazing how many athletes, to this, even to this day, without good homes, without good parents, they'll oftentimes say a teacher or a coach made a difference in their life. You know why? They showed them something that reminds people of Jesus. The principle of better. There's always a better way with Jesus. Hedge about eyes are closed. Thank you for listening so well today.
becoming more like Jesus feels like dying deep inside. And sometimes I guess that's truly what it is. Cause he's calling me to lay aside my selfishness and pride. So he can mold my heart and make it more like his. And lately I've been seeing more each day the wisdom and new wonders of his grace. Just as I am, I ran to him and mercy took me in. Just as I am, and he forgave my sin. Oh, the way he's changing my heart proves he loves me too much to leave me just as I am. Oh, my heart is simply clay within the potter's skillful hands. Even though the changes sometimes frighten me. Oh, I want the truth of his word to keep shaping who I am. Because I know that he does all things perfectly. And all my thoughts and all my attitudes, they're all his to change he wants to just as I am I ran to him and mercy took me in just as I am and he forgave my sin oh the way he's changing my heart proves he loves me too much to leave me just as I am shed for me and that thou bids me come to thee oh lamb of god i come just as i am i ran to him and mercy took me and just as i am and he forgave my sin just as i am i ran to him and mercy took me just as I am, and he forgave my sin. Oh, the way he's changing my heart proves he loves me too much to leave me just as I am, to leave me just as I am. 